all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Bonjour. Bonjour. Je m'appelle David. Je, je m'appelle Rachel. Rachel? Rachel. Raquel, Raquel. Either mm. way. Uh, I, 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 no, no offense to our international listeners. all bad things. I don't know. And this is all bad things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. I don't know that's enough okay. French. I don't, I don't know why I know Je m'appelle, that. but that's yeah, it. That's about all I know, and I grew up around people who <laughs> speak French. We may be getting into that. No. Uh, follow us on no. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitch at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things. Yes. Um, Post-COVID for us at the moment. (laughs) Post-COVID for everyone. You get a post-COVID and you get a post-COVID. No, everybody's getting COVID. Everybody's getting COVID. Um, To my knowledge, I have not yet. No? Mm -mm -mm. I'm out of the woods. Yeah, you're testing negative. No more symptoms. You have been been free for a while. I've been smart about masking up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, and to my knowledge, I never got it from you, so. And for all we know, we could have had it two years ago. I mean. Who knows? I I always give this as an example of how information that Mm -hmm. was vital to Mm -hmm. not just your own Mm -hmm. population's health, Mm -hmm. but to world health, Mm -hmm. knew the outcome of said Mm -hmm. outbreak and didn't Didn't tell anybody. Didn't say anything about Mm -hmm. it. We know that that date was February 7th, 2021. Mm. We all went to a hockey game. Like, I was like a sick week. that That's week. That's right, you weren't there. Or no, were you? I went. You did go, That's but right. But I had a cold, which yes. back then we just thought, well, a cold, you can yeah. still be around people. Now yeah. I wouldn't do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. But. But yeah, like literally a week late because I'm because th- that's when Trina and and yeah, Dan mm-hmm. and the family came mm-hmm. down for Danny's birthday mm-hmm. because they were playing the Rangers. And we were in an arena, and it was packed. Yep. Because the hurricanes had been good again for a couple of years, and <laughs> that's like right. like if it had been like 2013, we <laughs> mm-hmm. would have been fine because mm-hmm. there would have been like nobody around us. But uh, so, no, yeah. the place was packed. Who knows? When whenever the Rangers mm-hmm. play here, it's always packed because mm-hmm. there's a lot of Rangers fans right. that that have... lots of New Yorkers. Down yes. Here. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's true. It's it's highly we, possible. For all we, we know, we could. And... For all we know, everybody in the fucking arena could have had yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is no way to know. No. Um, we just managed to dodge the bullet long enough to be vaxxed and boosted, mm-hmm. which is good. Yeah. Who knows what would have happened if, yeah. I, if I wasn't? I don't want to know. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mm-hmm. <laughs> go with the information that I've been given by professionals and just right. say this is the better route to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you want to go down that road, because there there have been no mandates, unless you're like a government worker. There've and been even no... that, there's ways out. Yes. You can be a government can... worker and just get tested test weekly. Or every day. or yeah. It's weekly. Oh, okay. I would know. That's true. Mm-hmm. You would. Yes. Um, so, yeah. It's freaking... Yeah. It's a giant wild card, but... Now that we do know what it is and how you get it and everything, now we do need to follow protocol and everything, which we did. Mm-hmm. And gave me a good excuse to stay outside for like ten days. <laughs> <laughs> for, 
fortunately, the weather wasn't in. Now it's it was not. blazing hot yeah. and rainy. It's been rain it was, all this week. It's, like, most people say, oh, this couldn't have come at a worse time. Like, kind of for me, like, it really it worked, couldn't have come out. It turned out really well for it, you. <laughs> there was, like, one day where it rained, but other than that, mm-hmm. like, every other day was, like, mm-hmm. you know, mid-70s and yeah. nice, and the bugs aren't completely out yet, mm-hmm. so... Well, and we're lucky that neither of us are immunosuppressed or compromised or elderly or anything else that would be a contraindication or an indication to complications. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... uh, How did we get on this again? I I don't even remember where this tangent started. I think I just just said we were post-COVID because we're now unmasked and able to sit closer to the mic, which is nice. Which helps. (laughs) Yes, it does. And we can drink. Yes, which helps even more. (laughs) So what are you having? (laughs) I am having my uh, infamous national local beer. Kel Surprise. Yes. I am having a Blue Moon. Um, So I kind of gave you a hint just near our introduction of what this may involve. I am guessing it's a shipwreck. Okay, and why is that? Well, because you said it may or may not not involve, like, your... I grew up on the St. Lawrence River, mm-hmm. so there... There is mention of the St. Lawrence. Okay. For all I know, I could have had, like, a second cousin or somebody or... <laughs> but seriously, right. I mean, lots, yeah. Of, yeah. lots yeah. of people... The shipping industry in the Great yes. Lakes, number one, is <laughs> mm-hmm. lucrative as fuck. Yes. Those are major waterways. Billions. Well, <laughs> up until recently with our supply chain issues. Oh, right. Billions mm-hmm. and billions 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 of dollars worth of cargo yes. uh-huh. go through the fucking Great Lakes you, every day. Did you know you can do a cruise on a cargo ship? Yes. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Would you ever be interested in doing that? No. No. Okay. Because well, I would, because okay. I would feel like I would have to help out, and I wouldn't. <laughs> no, that's not. You're not supposed. I understand, to. <laughs> and they probably wouldn't want me to. No. But I would just feel that like, way. You're not an yeah, but I would just feel that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just, do, just naturally. Yes, yeah. So no, I'll, like watching people work or something. I would rather pay the five thousand dollars a night or whatever the fuck it costs for like a suite on a. I think know. I'm done with cruises. I think that that is not going to happen for yeah. me again. Yeah, we'll see. I I probably am too. But it's just knows. it's just too gross thing to think about now. <laughs> it's a wee bit. And it's also terrible for the environment, apparently. So well, there's not? that. Yes. <laughs> So, so what doth the topic be? So where do you I think am, it might take place? I am guessing, you know, Ontario or New York State. Okay. So I'm interested. This is going to be a, a two-parter. Or Quebec. I'm sorry. It could be in mm-hmm. Quebec. Of course it could mm-hmm. be Quebec. If it's got ties to my family. Quebec, huh? So uh, I'm going to name this disaster and see if you know what it is, <clears throat> if it rings a bell to you. Okay. I am overcovered, by the way, even though I just coughed. Oh, well, and I've been coughing <laughs> no, for like two months. Yeah, I smoke cigarettes. So. <laughs> there you go. Um, this is the story, the first part of the okay. story, of the Lac-Megantic rail disaster. Mm-mm. You ever heard of Lac-Megantic? No. Okay. So this is something I had not heard of either until relatively recently, but we're going to get more into it, and I'm kind of surprised we had not heard of this more recently. So, so that sounds like it happened in our lifetime. Yes, yes. In a, in a time of our life where we'd actually remember. Not only yeah. that, but listen to the date. Okay. In the early morning hours of Saturday, July 6th, 2013. Three days after we met. Yep. A 72 car... <laughs> what the fuck? 72 car freight oil tanker train accidentally derailed and barreled unstopped full speed 
into the town center of Lac Megantic, Quebec, immediately what killing fuck? 47 people and destroying over 30 buildings. No one was reported injured. Because everyone on the path of the train died. They, yeah. They just killed outright. So had you not heard of this at all? I have not heard of it. And the only reason okay. I can think of is because it happened in another country. Even though that country yeah, yeah. is close. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, think about this. You were or... in... What? Think of where you were on July 6th, 2013. I was in Connecticut. Yeah. You were closer to this than I was. That's true. Yeah, that's true. At the time. But you were also distracted by your cousin's wedding. I think that's the day he got married. Mm-hmm. I think that is their anniversary. Yes, yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Isn't it? That's probably also why I don't remember this. Because yeah, it was probably yeah. a news story for a day or two right. in, and in America. And you didn't have a smartphone at that point Nope, either. I didn't. No. Yeah. Or uh-huh. social media, really. I mean, I wasn't really a... Yeah, I was... I didn't use Twitter or... I was on or, Facebook, maybe, but not... I don't think there was an Instagram in 2013. It might have oh, been... Oh, goodness. A, I don't It might have been in, in its infancy if there was. I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I did use Facebook, uh-huh. but I, you know... Yeah. But yeah. that's... I, I didn't use Twitter at that time or... You know, anything else. Right, and Twitter is where a lot of news comes mm-hmm. out. So primary sources for this, the Canadian Encyclopedia, CBC, CTV News, The Fifth Estate, The Frontier Centre for Public Policy, The Globe and Mail, Lack Megantic Rail Disaster, Public Betrayal, Justice Denied by Bruce Campbell, not the, I was not not the not actor. The actor. <laughs> La Presse, Megantic, Une Tragédie Annoncée by yeah. Anne-Marie Saint-Cerny. Oui, oui, oui. Uh, and I'll get to that in a second. The Montreal Gazette, Radio Canada, to the Toronto Star, What Happened to podcast by Eric Vella with Global News, Wikipedia, and Yahoo News. So, this is our most requested topic. Is it really? Isn't this wild? So it was. Well, it makes sense because it's recent. Here's our, here's the suggestors: Patty, Nicole, Iris, Rook, Bethany, Donovan, and Cat. Wow. Okay. And both Donovan and Cat submitted research. And so this is a sen- this uh, topic is essentially a collaboration, collaboration between me, Kat, and Donovan. Very nice. So yeah, it's fantastic. It's it's really great. Not the disaster. No, no, no. The collaboration. Yes. <laughs> just to, just to be clear, yeah. in case anybody wants to clip Stop. out. Collaborate. <laughs> and listen, just in case anybody wants to be a dick right. and like clip out just That's great. Just you know off you know out of context mm-hmm. things that we would say. Because people anyone <laughs> cares are, about be, us. Because people are dicks. Yeah. Actually, if that ever does happen, we'll know we've made it. Right. There's way more there's not uh, a, indicting things that I've yes. said that there's, don't need to be edited. There's, there's not a there's not a reason to care about us. I'm pretty sure I called for the deaths of multiple world leaders. So. Yeah, I think I have too. Pretty sure. Even private citizens. Right. <laughs> so, cat. Private citizens that used to hold government jobs. Right. Just so we're clear, for said person that doesn't exist, for the CIA that will clip that. That will clip that out of context. So those um, those books that were uh, cited, including the French one, those are Kat's sources because Kat has some specialized knowledge of this. She grew up in Quebec. Just outside okay, of nice. Montreal. Okay, we her, were we, we did not grow up very far from each other. Right, then. and her grandfather worked his entire career for Canadian National Rail, which oh, we're yeah, getting into. Sure. Uh, and Kat was able to use both English and French sources. Of course, which was very yep. helpful. Uh, and Donovan did a lot of digging into the disaster itself, so that's going to show up a lot more in part two. Okay. So, 
So, um, uh, well, you'll get into it. Yeah, yeah so yeah, I first ahead. heard about this when our listeners starting, started to suggest it, but then I also listened to the What Happened To podcast. Okay. Where, uh, uh, so this journalist, Erica Vela, does like, hey, whatever happened to that giant news story that then, uh, like, you haven't heard anything about since? And this was one, whatever happened to Lack Megantic. But they, sh- uh, she's done, like, whatever happened to the Jamaican bobsled team? What happened to the Notre Dame Cathedral, you know? Here is my, and I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. This is an oil company we're dealing with, correct? Like, that's transporting? It's oil, yes. Well, it's oil, um, an oil tanker, yeah. Yes, um, we know oil companies are infamous for disasters all over the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And we also know that they're just as infamous, if mm-hmm. not even more infamous, for covering up those disasters. Mm-hmm. That is my gotcha. end of the story prediction is why we have not heard so much about this lately. Well, but... I hate to disappoint you. Ah, damn. This is more of a rail story than it is an oil story. Oh, okay. And... But that is my reasoning we're, is why I gotcha. maybe we have we're not gonna, heard so much about it. We're going to learn a lot about the Canadian rail system today. <laughs> why we have not heard so much about it, because obviously, if it was our most requested topic, mm-hmm. plenty of people have. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I guess I couldn't, like, I'm probably more people have mentioned the Titanic or something. But, sure. you know, this is very specifically yeah, a the bunch Titanic, of people. The, the Titanic is literally famous. <clears throat> right. So, of course, more people would bring it up. Now, we'll, as this unfolds and we discuss it, we'll see why this was such a big thing. Well, I mean, just look what we already know. Yeah. I mean, of course it was a... It literally it, destroyed yeah, like the, a, town, like a the town. downtown of a small town yeah. in Canada. Yeah. And, yeah, we'll, we're going to get into most of that next week. Mm. This is all the preamble. All the because the background mm-hmm. of this... Which gets very political very quick, just I so we know. That it does. You know, um, is one of the biggest examples of the natural terminus of deregulation that I've ever seen in a disaster. No shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Even more than us. Oh, more than the states? Yeah. Oh, we, we influenced all of this, just so we know. Well, <laughs> We did we, start we, the fire. We can't be completely <laughs> left out now, can we? We are the cause of everything horrible. That's just how that works. I would say the number one cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not everything is 100% Canada our fault. Canada is pure and lovely. We're yes. the ones who corrupted it. Yes. So. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> That's our gift from from us to you. Yes. I just thought the date was so interesting, yeah. too. That's why you're so intense about hockey. Like you have to. It's right. it, it is, I, and I'm not even bullshitting. I think it is, like, in the background, kind of a motivating factor. It's like, we have to be the best at something. <laughs> Well, there are, there, we will have at least one Canadian team in the next round. Well, we will have only one Canadian team in the next round of playoffs, right? Right, but we won't play them. They're in the other conference. No, I understand. Yeah. I just True. went in the yes. NHL playoffs in general. And just to remind our Canadian friends, <laughs> you have not won a Stanley Cup since 1993. Some of our listeners were not even alive yet. Many of our listeners are not. Some of our listeners, most of our listeners' parents probably hadn't even met yet, the ones that weren't alive. Like, that like that was, like, still, <laughs> like... really young babies. That was, like, still, like, another six years down Aww, the road. our little baby, all ABT <laughs> babies. So, from an American <clears throat> former hockey player to Canadian one. Just to remind you that. <laughs> Don't rub it in. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I mean, I... I 
Canadian teams kicked our fucking ass all the time. Like they they gotcha. are they are the best in the world. I've never played Russian gotcha. a Russian person. Ah. I'm gonna guess that's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, Canadians are tough as shit. And yeah, the date on this was wild to me because I remember this time of my life extremely specifically. Yes, because we there's met something three days specific earlier. like attached to it. Basically, we met. Just over 48 hours, because this happened really early in the That morning. spark when two people meet. Like for Plus us, a train to for derail. us, and in the train oh derailment. That would be horrible. <laughs> it would be. Like a butterfly flaps its wings yeah, and the train that's derails. What, that's what oh I'm my saying. God. In the long run. I, I've, huh. yeah, I've, <laughs> we, were, we were talking. <laughs> we were talking about the multiverse theory last night. That's how drunk oh, we got. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm sure that was like um, when you think you're getting really deep and philosophical and if anyone was sober, if, you would have sounded like so, fucking idiots. If somebody had recorded that and put it on YouTube, it'd be the funniest fucking thing you've ever seen. I'm, 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 I'm sure. I can't say I'm I would, sorry I didn't go. I would laugh at it. Like, yes, it, would. it would be that ridiculous. But then, then you would all continue to tell that story at every family gathering <laughs> in perpetuity because that's what your family does. Yes. Your family sits around and discusses the same stories every time yeah. you get together. Well, not every time. I, mm. <laughs> I love you all. Yeah, it sounds like it. I do love you all. You're special. <laughs> So the tragedy which occurred in Lac Megantic was Canada's deadliest rail disaster since the Confederation in 1867. No shit. Okay. So before Canada was really officially Canada, it was just about to happen. It's just one story among hundreds of disasters worldwide which which have been caused by corruption, negligence, and greed. Although this story is rife. I know. Is she serious? Right. I know. Is Kat serious here? Although this story is rife with injustices and despicable individuals, there were many more kind, brave, and gracious people who answered this little town's call for help. I'm sure there were. I have have no doubt that this was a fucking all-hands-on-deck situation and all-hands-on-deck showed up. Um, I do recommend the the podcast What Happened To... If you want to hear people's recounting, like people I'm who witnessed it. I'm not sure I do. It, it's very well done. Sure. I'm um, sure it's tastefully done. And, and the, yeah. oh, it's very well done. Yeah. And the journalist who goes there, Erica, um, she brought with her another, oh, I forget if he was a producer or a journalist or something, somebody who had grown up in the area. Mm-hmm. And... Like, to kind of help her navigate around the area, because he knew it. Like, he knew this town, he knew this area, and how impacted he was. Well, sure, because everything's gone all of a sudden. Well, basically, yeah. (coughs) So, Lac Megantic, Quebec. Now, this is L-A-C hyphen M with a, and then an E with Mm -hmm. a thingy accent. (laughs) G-A-N-T-I-C. Now, I'm pretty sure the French pronunciation is like Lac Megantic. No, not teak. Anyway, Canadian, Anglo-Canadians... Depends on, depends on where that Canadian is from. Right. Anglo-Canadians, from what I can tell, Erica pronounces it Lac-Megantic, so I feel good about yeah. calling it that. <laughs> um, so Lac-Megantic, Quebec, is about 245 kilometers, or about 150 miles east of Montreal, near the border of Quebec and Maine, about 150 miles, or 245 kilometers northwest of Bangor, Maine. I know exactly what we're talking about. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to show you a little... Basically, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say, like, yep. 
basically right on the edge. Yes. Yeah. So if you went straight due south from mm-hmm. Quebec City and mm-hmm. straight due east from Montreal, you'd almost more or less triangulate yep. in um, Lac Megantic. Now, I'm pretty sure our nephew is going to school like around here. Yep, and this is where Messina would be. And that's Messina. So you yep. can see the proximity of Messina to Ottawa <laughs> to Montreal. Um, mm-hmm. To Vermont, Maine is a bit of a drive. And Plattsburgh's uh, like here, right? Yep. Okay. Right before you get to Vermont, okay. pretty much. So I, and after seeing, like, this is Lac Megantic. Look how gorgeous, it's gorgeous. that is. Yeah, of course it is. This whole area is that yeah. gorgeous. So if we go to visit Tyler, I want to go visit the Eastern Townships, we're gonna, which we're going to talk okay. about in a minute. Okay. Quebec looks gorgeous. Oh, frankly. Quebec is. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't want to be there in the winter. Well, that's fine. We don't have to go in the winter. Yeah. No, I'm saying <laughs> it's gorgeous that time, too. Yes. But man. It, it, oh, there were some there. beautiful fall pictures with the oh, foliage, oh, of course. you know? Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the the northern part of, you know, the northern part mm-hmm. of North America is very gorgeous. The northeast, yeah. This is like but an extension of the northeast. But it's right? fucking cold. Well, yes. That's like, why you don't go in the dead of winter. Yes. <laughs> Although I still want to go to Svalbard in the dead of winter, so. Where it's colder. Yes. An island close to the North Pole. So the town is located in a bucolic part of the province called the Eastern Townships. They're known for their relatively undeveloped natural forests. Now here's some more pictures from the Even better, Eastern Townships. They're beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Like, look at this. Yeah, it's gorgeous. You can see, like... It's absolutely gorgeous. Unadulterated starry skies. Oh, especially here. here. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. God, yes. That's mm-hmm. the, that is really, like, the one thing I think right. I miss about... Being Growing up, up in that part of the world, mm-hmm. especially in Lack the summer, of light pollution. well, especially in the summertime, you know, mm-hmm. when it's you know, the, the clouds at night are mm-hmm. not very often. It literally looks like a fucking blanket of stars. Yeah, it really does, and you don't mm-hmm. you don't have that down here. Oh, I didn't grow up around that. I grew yeah. up around you could see Orion, mm-hmm. and and like it. a like a couple others. Yeah. No, maybe a dipper here and there, but yeah. mostly Orion. No. <laughs> you could always see Orion. Like that is the one cool thing. Not the one cool thing. There's several, but right. one of the main ones yeah. is the the, the sky yeah. at night in that part of the world mm-hmm. is just you've never seen anything like it. It's it's That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So I I now want to visit this area because mm-hmm. it looks beautiful. So the townships are in the southeastern part of Quebec and were originally inhabited by the Abenaki, an indigenous people group in the northeastern part of the U.S. and southeastern part of Canada. As the name of Lac Megantic would suggest, it is located on, located on a lake called Lac Megantic or Lake Megantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lake is in the very upper Appalachian Mountains. And a very uh, First Nations sounding name. Yeah. Well, yes. And we'll talk about yes. that in a second. It's about 26 square kilometers or about 10 square miles in surface area. It is the source for the nearby uh, Chaudière River, which means cauldron or boiler, and that goes on north to empty into the mighty St. Lawrence River. Of course. The name Megantic itself isn't actually French, but rather likely comes from the the original Abenaki language, and probably a word that roughly translates to place where there is trout in the lake. So descriptive, right? Very much so. Uh, Buffalo translated... Because uh-huh. buffalo is the right. kind of the English sounding name mm-hmm. we gave to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally called Beauflu mm-hmm. from. I'm An not gonna. I'm not gonna. Language. I'm not gonna say the tribe because there's three or four of them in that area. I gotcha. Came from a tribe, but it just uh-huh. meant beautiful water. Oh, yeah, very nice. Because they were talking about Niagara Falls. Yeah, that yeah. is beautiful water. Yes, <laughs> that it's is gorgeous. Water. <laughs> Talk about another thing that you can only see in one part of the That's earth. That's true. Yeah. That's true. 
Um, it's also a town that, while now holds a single meaning for people the world over due to this disaster, like if you say Lac Megantic, if anybody people knows, knows what it is, yeah. it's for this disaster. It's like saying Columbine in the United yeah, States. Yeah, you're you don't right. need to you don't need to explain it to uh-huh. anybody. And you know that a Columbine is a flower, and that's what it was oh. meant for. Oh, yeah. I did I did not know. Now that. Now we just think it's school shooters. That is not what I would have thought of the next time somebody said Columbine. Yeah, um, but now uh, I will. I'll right? think of a flower. There you go. Otherwise. Uh, it's it's kind of known by very few people. Only if you're from around that. Well, area, sure. You know? uh, there's I mean, like how many tiny towns do you know of near? Oh, f- near fucking where I grew up, that's know? all there was. And I've been to these parts of Canada where there's fucking there isn't shit. Mm. There's like a water tower and a VFW. Right. I'm not even <laughs> yes. joking. No, I know you're. Yeah. Not. And yeah. but this is like a <coughs> decent size. It looks like a Messina it's type of town. It's around six thousand. Okay, so it's half it's the size of Messina. Mm-hmm. But they got like a downtown. They've got they do like have a, a downtown. So. It's a town of around 6,000 residents. They are primarily French-speaking. This oh, yeah, is French of Canada. Of course. It's a tight-knit community which sees a good deal of tourism in the form of weekenders from the oh, city sure. looking to enjoy you know, natural beauty, small-town charm. And, and like people from the States as well. Yes, because it's so yeah. close to the border. Yeah. If you're in Maine, you could pop over there. If you're in Vermont, you could yeah. pop over there. Yeah. Like you're in New York. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's really just if I looked up the drive from Messina to Lac Megantic. It was like four and a half hours. That sounds about right. Because you're pretty yeah, far Because it's west, west of, yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Compared to Lac Megantic, yeah. So like many towns in I'd Canada. Ra- I'd rather go there than Rochester, which is the same distance, just right. in a different direction. Right. Well, how gorgeous it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. of course. So like many towns in Canada, the railroad has historically been a vital part of local industry. Of course. And locals paid no mind to the freight trains that rumbled across the main street and through the downtown on a regular basis, so, like here. Yeah, it's part of their identity. <laughs> constantly, yep. Um, it was just the backdrop of everyday life. <clears throat> and it has been since the town's founding as Megantic in 1884, when the Can- Canadian Pacific Railway started working on the last part of a rail line connecting Montreal to St. John, New Brunswick. Its accessibility to the railway and its abundant nearby forests resulted in Megantic becoming an industry town where forestry was the main industry. Of course. So like yep. like Cornwall, right? Mm-hmm. Pulp and paper and yep. lumber. Mm-hmm. Especially at this time. That, that's yes. that's when mm-hmm. this industry was um, This is the boom. industrial revolution yes. industry era, yeah. And then you're matching it at at the same time you're matching it with the the oil boom would come mm-hmm. not too much later. Right. So because of and, the industry. Yeah. And those were severely intertwined and this is rails heyday oh of course it is it is the future of the world literally yes Uh uh-huh at At this this time yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it and funny thing is it is again i think as far as you mean like light rail as far as infrastructure stuff yeah Mm -hmm. it's just we just need to get back to it goodness yeah we could do a lot better with mass transit couldn't we yes so, now, here's an interesting little aside. Everything I saw about the history of Megantic referred to Donald Morrison, a person I had never heard of, but I'm not Canadian, not from this area. I'm, in fact, I'm about as far away as <laughs> yes. you could get from Canada and while still, still remaining on the East Coast. Yes. <laughs> Being from Miami. So, apparently, Donald Morrison was a Scottish-Canadian born hey. in modern Lac Megantic in 1858. He went out to the U.S. West, name, made a name for himself as a cowboy. But he did. So at he, that, he was time, a Wild West guy. At that time, the West was not tamed. Right. Then he went back home in 1886, and he found out that his family's farm had been lost in a bad loan deal with a rich local family, the Macaulay's. Uh. 
And one of them, the Mal- Malcolm Macaulay, was McGantic's first mayor. Mm. Well, so he was in a dispute with them. He Saucy. didn't like any of this, Saucy. right? <laughs> well, apparently, one of their barns mysteriously burned oh, down. Look at that. And because they were rich, it's like, okay, well, now the law's coming after him, figuring he's the one who did it, right? Well, whether he was or not. I mean, I don't know. This was ages ago. Um, same rule. Same rules apply today, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, right. The rich, nothing's gonna happen to him. So he fled, <laughs> but uh, they hired a bailiff to track him down. Really? Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So this guy actually, okay. He he did a showdown with the bailiff. He's like, meet me in the town square, dueling love you it. and me. I love it. He shot the bailiff. Well, but he you know, did I mean, not it's shoot the deputy. <laughs> it's a fair fight, you know. It is. It I'd is. I'd be like, I'd be like, hey. There are many politicians I would lo- like. Back, hey, and back hey, in this time, yes, that's just, like, this is how you did things. This is all wild west. Yeah, you weren't fucking around with like uh, hiring a lawyer and being like, "No, we're gonna sue you." It's like, no, mm-hmm. you're gonna meet me here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I don't know how he got that message, by the way. Right. Or if he did get the message, I don't know how he didn't Apparently get intersected. Yes, I don't know. So just the fact that they met up, at, right? It, that's amazing in itself. At but this here's time. the amaz- other amazing thing pertinent to our story. You know where they met up? Where? Where this ha- the disaster happened. No shit. Over 100 years later. Downtown Lackmagantic, which is probably like a little road back then. It had a, it had a saloon. Right? With the swinging doors. And, and, it, and it had, um, uh, let's see, child laborers. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so he hid, obviously the law was after him now. He hid out in the woods, surrounding Lackmagantic. He won the duel. He did, but that I doesn't that mean was they're the... not going to try and still frame him, whether he did it or not. No, I understand, but I, like that—that that, to me, that's a gentleman's agreement. Like it's over now. And maybe like, no, maybe the bailiff didn't tell anybody I, else I guess, that that was yeah, the agreement. I guess, I guess not. So he successfully hid out in the woods surrounding Lake Megantic for ten months. Others, so there's apparently a, a large Scottish population, which, which in at this time people just Canada. That was called living. Right. (laughs) So they helped him out. The locals helped him out, but he was caught, went to jail, died in jail. But anyway, that was just the the little aside of Donald Morrison. He's got that to hang on to. But he became kind of like a local folk legend. Of course. The the Scottish man who fought the law. But he was the asshole all along. Like that's the... Was he? I don't know. I mean, they they fucking the, the rich man screwed over his family. Oh, I, oh yes, I've I had I've had it mixed up for a second mm. there. I was thinking it was the rich man on the run, but of course no, no, that's no, no, not no. of course that's not the fucking case. When has the rich man ever had to go on the run aside well, from to like a uh, um uh sheltering their money offshore? That's true. It's never happened. <laughs> it Maybe happen. that's where my mind was going because I was trying to be hopeful for a second. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> You were trying to believe in something called justice, which doesn't huh? happen. I'm sorry. What is that? What it's is not that a real thing. <laughs> Never heard that. Before. It's a fairy tale. Oh, okay, that's interesting. So the groundwork for this completely avoidable disaster was laid down over the course of many years by conservative government and crude oil and railroad lobbyists who pushed an aggressive deregulation agenda for Canadian railroads. The last part of that sentence was really interesting to me because... It was associated with Canada. Well, no, no, no. No. (laughs) Oh. The word deregulation came up. Uh My question is, was there any regulation at this point in time? Well, so... I'm guessing there had to have been because there was... Yeah, so, yeah, let's get into this. Sure, yeah. 
Um, so first I'm going to <laughs> The rest of the sentence completely first, made sense. And right. I, I, <clears throat> so first I'm going to take a little aside. Okay. Because I, in order to dig into this part of history, I had to learn some stuff about Canada because I didn't right. know when Canada was founded as Canada or did, anything did like you, that. Did you, did you come across who uh, Tommy Douglas is? I mean, I did very surface stuff. Okay. So no, who okay. is Tommy Douglas? He was the one that legislated and campaigned for uh, uh, like their uh, Medicare for all system, mm. essentially. No, so that seems unrelated. I yeah. mean, <laughs> no, but you were just saying you, you dug into Canada a little bit. And no, I, was just I like, meant like, how did ca- how is Canada? How, how Canada? How <laughs> like, how did Canada? How did Canada? <laughs> With a question mark. <laughs> Why is Canada? Yes, that works You know, too. like, I knew they were a British colony. I knew yeah. there was French shit going on. All sorts of stuff. This, um, the same stuff was going on up there that was going on oh, here. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, but we just had a different yeah, system. A timeline yes. and whatever. Basically, I learned what Canada Day is. Uh, so, so, July 1st? Yes. So, Which, where I grew up, me. Uh-huh. We, had, we had July 1st, which was Canada Day. And then you got July 4th. And then we got July 4th That's three days later. That's the best of both worlds, literally. Yes. <laughs> That's fabulous. And... Damn if you didn't see a lot of drunken people in that part of oh, Earth God. for four days straight. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. How many people showed up to work on the second or third? Oh, fuck. Those are the days you took off. You know, that's what you're like. You're like Basically, I, it, June 30th to July 6th. No yeah, June. Like, if it set up perfectly, which it did one year, I remember, yeah. like, uh, Canada Day was... Uh, on a Friday, on July first, oh, and then everybody so, got the second and third off. So, and then everybody got well, the it was off. like it was like, well, you kind of don't have to take the Friday off. You keep that vacation day in your pocket mm-hmm. because once you get off work, it's fucking it's game time, right? Just like it would be on a normal Friday, but this is Canada Day Friday, <laughs> and then you automatically had the following Monday off right. because that was July fourth, and yes, you took at least at the very least you took that following Tuesday right. off because it was just like it's gonna take a couple days. To fucking recover from this one. I always, that year I specifically remember I took the Tuesday and the Wednesday off. <laughs> it took you that long to recover. It, re- it takes it kinda, you as long to recover as you did. It kind of didn't because that happened when I was like 28 or 29, but it was still like just in case. Mm-hmm. And then I get to come back to a two day work week. You're right. It's not like, you know, when you're in your mid 40s and your cousins are pushing 50 that you're still carousing and staying up late and drinking yourselves half to death. Has that happened recently? I don't know. <laughs> Just had to get that dig. <laughs> it was a good guys. one. It was a good one. Because <laughs> you acted like, oh, I was 28 or 29 by then. You guys fucking still <laughs> like do that still doing shit. It. I don't know about a four-day bender. Well, I don't. I, that's not, not to this yeah, level. That's not well, happening that's anymore. What scares me is that you're like, oh, we don't party like we used to, and I'm but like, the, oh my god, what were you like but, when you were 20? But that's like you're, yeah, the, exactly. Four nights in a row. You would have Ima- terrified me. <laughs> Imagine four nights in a row of what you we do in one night. You would have terrified me. But one night is all we can when do. When you were that age. Yeah. You well, all would have scared me so far yeah. away. I would have never talked to any of you again. <laughs> yes. One night. One night these days is all we can handle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> four nights in a row of that. It's just literally not happening. Yes. Nobody has the energy for that. So I took a lot further into the founding of Canada than I thought. So bear with me. But okay. So first of all. <clears throat> what we have to acknowledge every single time is that just like the United States and so many other places, the indigenous people of what is now known as Canada were murdered, massacred, uh, pillaged, once displaced. Again, once again, are you are you, are you serious? <laughs> and uh, fucked over in general in the name oh, of colonization. 
Um, and that's such awfulness that we will never make up for it. Yeah, and here's uh, here's and anything that here's the sad aside of that aside. Like we've only recently discovered like how bad it was. There is some horrible shit. I mean, like we all knew it was the U.S. is horrible. Yeah, we all just knew it was to, bad. Just to just to clear clarify that yes. we know that the U.S. is horrible. I don't think we knew, at least in the states, how bad Canada was. No, that was a that was a bit of a wake up call. There's like skeletons of children being found. Yep. Like and mass thousands, several mass graves of children's skeletons. Anyway, let's let's get back into the topic where a rail disaster literally obliterates an entire town. Right? How did that happen? So, um. If, if we did go into... I said into, literally way too much, I'm sorry. I will not say I it I say again. it constantly. Uh, as long, along with like. Uh, if we did dig into... First of all, crimes against indigenous people, they were crimes. Mm-hmm. And are crimes. Uh, but it would also be like a 270-part series of a bad thing, so we're not going to get into it. Well, you've got it all wrong, because they fought wars against each other. So that makes everything we did okay. That's one of my least favorite arguments. There's a lot of shit arguments against that. That's one of my least favorites. It makes me want to, like, punch the person that that says that. It's just like... Yeah. I know. I never... I would never would. So I'm just going to pick up at the founding of the Canadian Federation. Hey. So on July 1st, 1867, the provinces Mm -hmm. of... What four provinces Uh, formed the Canadian Federation? You're you're challenging my Canadian studies course that I took (laughs) as as an elective when I was a senior. Okay, I've never taken Um, anything, so... I'm trying to... Okay. Ontario, Quebec... um, Yeah. I'm not. I'm trying to remember. East Coast, right? Well, I'm trying to remember if it was still called a territory then or not. Oh, whatever you Um, want to call it. I I get that it changed names, yeah. um, I'm going to guess Prince Edward Island and uh, the Northwest Territory. Super close. Um, Nova Scotia, which is. Oh, that makes sense. Of course. And New Brunswick. That makes even more sense. But you're not not that far off um, about. Northwest Territories. We'll get that to that in a second. So, uh, Ontario, Quebec, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick formed the Dominion of Canada, the beginnings Correct. of Canada. Yep. Right? Um, and which I believe is still like their the like, official name is yes. the Dominion. Th- well, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm not positive. Like, we'll leave that out. Um, <laughs> no, that's okay. Because when I click, <laughs> this is this is how little I know. When I was reading a Wikipedia article and clicked on the Dominion of Canada, it just went to the Canada. Sure. What page? So I think it's just called Canada now. Who knows? Like officially, North Korea is officially known as the Democratic People's right. uh-huh. North, Republic uh-huh. of North Korea. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the official names are different than yes. sometimes than the and sometimes incorrect. <laughs> yeah. Most times. Um, and it's also important to note that the provinces looked different, had different borders. Oh, of and course. Stuff back so did so did the so did the United States. Yes. So this is just a high level view, just just yeah. to be very clear. Uh, Canada expanded west through, as you said, the Northwest Territories, and they created sure. Manitoba. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they wanted. Eventually, they were like, "Okay, we want British Columbia. We want that to be part of Canada." But British Columbia was resistant to this. They're like, so here's the thing. To get from British Columbia to anywhere on the east coast of Canada takes four months by sea. In, like, shitty cold water. That's nothing. This is the Northwest Passage, right? Uh, No no big deal. So they're like, we will join you 
if you build a way for us to get to the East Coast by land. Fair deal. Now, what they were, yeah, what they were asking for was like a wagon trail. But the Dominion of Canada was like, you know what? What about a fucking rail, rail line? How about that? How about and it was instead? the first Canadian prime minister. Do you know who was the first Canadian prime minister? I have no idea. John A. Macdonald. Yeah, that's, that's exactly Old who Macdonald I was going to say. Old Macdonald had a Dominion. That's exactly who I was going to say. Mm-hmm. He so he was like we're gonna we're gonna give you a coast to coast rail system. So British Columbia joined the Feder- Confederation in eighteen seventy. By the way, this is also <laughs> happening in the United States oh, at the exact same time. Oh, this is heavily paralleling, yes. right? I tried very hard not to get too comparative. Correct, but we are part of the same continent, no, and, and, and I there will is influence. I will mention yes. it. I'm trying not to to delve too much into it because we were recently called out for a Canadian episode of comparing things like delving into the u.s first and making it to u.s oh that's true now while we went on in that episode and and our listener very nicely acknowledged that we had done so um to be more canada centric i was wanting to try and not be too u.s centric i gotcha so you're correct this was all parallel right you can't you can't divide Canada and the U.S. We're in the same continent, you know, and we're in the same continent, primarily English speaking or Mm -hmm. Anglo, I guess, because you could say the same thing for Mexico, except we've othered Mexico like into the ground. Yes, which is horribly unfair, but um, and Central America and all that. But yes, the U.S. and Canada are inextricably interlinked. Linked, yes. yes. That that is true. But I would like to focus on Canada sure. on this. So, um so the so yes, <laughs> then of course the next thing I say is US politics are greatly informing Canadian politics after I said all that to there you. There you go. Uh and Canadian politics were glomming onto the idea of manifest destiny and the capitalist system. And that's where I put sorry Canada, we did start the fire. Yeah. <laughs> So to we do apologize. Yeah, <laughs> it was always burning, and yeah. we started it. Yes. Sorry, to build the promised railroad, I mean, it was an enormous undertaking. Um, oh, of course, for a That's... new country, mm-hmm. a four-year-old country with very little funding. Think of the capital. climate conditions alone. Yes, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Your like peak build time would be mm-hmm. only four months out of the year. That's right. Yeah, at best. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. through some of the rougher terrain, right? Oh, fuck yeah. And, and the mountains and stuff. Yeah. So, now the th- another another comparison to the U.S. The U.S. had leverage in building the railroad. Because it railroaded us to the rest. Well, to the west. Well, the thing is a couple of things. One is the weather, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're much farther south, and this railroad's like running through the middle of the country, not through like the north Correct. necessarily, yeah. or it could run through the south or whatever. Um, but also along the way, in the U.S., there was really desirable farmland, like in the Midwest and stuff. So they were able to subsidize mm-hmm. the purchase uh, or the cost of this railroad in the U.S. by saying, hey, investors... Uh, rail companies, you you f- help fund this. You're going to get some of the surrounding lands. Yeah. Oh, they were giving and this away is highly desirable land. And they were this is fertile land. They were giving it away for like five dollars, uh, like for twenty acres. Well, or saying yeah. if you invest in this, we'll give you this many acres. Yeah, exactly. And then they could sell it, turf flip it, or they could develop it. Whatever. Right. So 
that was U the U.S.'s leverage. Canada didn't have that same leverage when it came to actually funding this railroad. Um, so, but despite these struggles, Hugh Allen, a Scottish-Canadian railway magnate, who was basically the Canada's answer to who was the fucking uh, the USA? railway guy was uh, no Carnegie was steel. Was it? It wasn't Vanderbilt. No. Yeah. Was it? Yes, I think so. Yeah. It was one of them. Mm -hmm. I, I think Vanderbilt was railroad. Carnegie? No, no, no. Carnegie was steel. Steel. Okay. Vanderbilt was railroad. Was it uh, Vanderbilt? J.P. Morgan was finance. <coughs> okay. And somebody else was. Uh, there was the the boat tycoon who was. The boat tycoon. Yes, the boat guy. You mean shipping? Yes. Okay. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just picture somebody with like yeah, many boat. boats, yeah, boats. <laughs> sailboats, and billions like and billions and billions of boats. <laughs> of course, I'm still saying that after it is kind of dumb that after what I just said to you, I then compare the Canada to the Canada. Yes. Car anyway, Car karma is real for anyway. whoever's listening. Hugh Allen <laughs> had. Uh, a syndicate called Canada Pacific Railway Company. And mm, he was sure. like, I'm putting in for this bid. Fuck yeah. Well, there was one other major bidder, the Interoceanic <laughs> Railway Company. So there was oh, a yeah. there was a bidding war between them, but it was anything but fair. Because <laughs> in the not. Pacific Scandal of 1873, liberal members of parliament uncovered the fact that Hugh Allen, the prime minister, uh, or sorry, so Hugh Allen, the the... Uh, Magnate. Magnate, yes. Uh, the owner of the Canada Pacific Railway contributed several hundred thousand dollars to Prime Minister McDonald's re-election campaign. Really? I'm kidding. Yeah. It got to the point, like, the scandal was such a big thing that he resigned. McDonald resigned as Prime Minister. That's different. That definitely, right? that def that definitely does not happen <laughs> no. today. Oh, now it's open and legal. No, and it's, you're like, you see people with open arms, like, mm -hmm. begging for money, mm -hmm. like, out in the open. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So, yeah. Um, so, he resigned, but the thing is, there was almost immediately an economic depression in Canada, and the successive Prime mm -hmm. Minister, Alexander Mackenzie, was blamed for it. Does this sound familiar at all? I don't know what you're talking hmm. about. No, this is... Uh, that a that's succeeding a, administration gets blamed for the economics of the previous? That sounds like a one and done to I me. Know. I know. That's I, such I, an outlier. I would be shocked if that ever happened again. Anywhere else on earth. In every town, and street corner, state, province on earth. That doesn't happen. And McDonald was re-elected in 1878. And let's hope that's not going to be a parallel to Trump coming up. But it might be. Could very well be. In yet another example of, I like this phrase that I came up with, no bad deed goes unrewarded. <laughs> Hugh Allen's... <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Hugh Allen's <laughs> Canada Pacific Railway Company won the rail contract. Yeah. I wonder why. You know, I've never really thought about because that is like a quote or whatever. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. No bad deed goes unrewarded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah that... Well, it depends on how rich you are. That is true. But once you get into the club club, oh yeah, you're good to go. You can literally do whatever you want. Oh, shit, I did it again. Impunity. You can, you can definitely do whatever <laughs> yes. the fuck you want. That's correct. Impunity and immunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Transcontinental Railway was completed by Canada Pacific in 1886. 
So Canada Pacific Railway enjoyed essentially a monopoly in Canada for several decades. I, I'm unfamiliar with mm -hmm. that term. Uh, various pol now here's this is an interesting mechanism. Various political administrations recognized this and they tried to curb the monopoly by subsidizing multiple smaller railways. Like okay, Which let's get sense. some yes. fostering competition, of right? Course. But most of them flopped financially. And then during World War One, the government put price ceilings on rail fare. Makes sense because it was for you know for the economic good of the people. And that actually continued even after the war ended. But then the smaller rail carriers were going bankrupt. The government, because they heavily subsidized them, like basically globbed about 200 of these companies together to create the Canadian National Railway. Railway. So they nationalized the railroad. Yes, they created it as a crown corporation, a publicly owned, a, a, a nationally owned. Nationalizing railway. infrastructure. Oh, this is going to get so much worse later. So hold on. Oh my God. So I, they, I, I can't imagine. That was in 1919. Living in the nightmare of nationalized infrastructure. What would oh, that? It gets what would so that look? Bad. What would it, that look like? You're joking, but it gets so bad. So. <clears throat> because it was state-owned, the government had a vested interest in its financing. The railway was not a high financial performer. Now, I read an article that said that the railway required multiple bailouts. But here's the thing. If you're nationally owned, it's not called a bailout. No. <laughs> it's a little called, oh you, oh, you didn't have the money for that? Well, here it is. Yes. So I disliked the use of that word in this context because I'm like, that's it, not a bailout. No. That's... A bailout I mean, is, going further... to, is going to private cor right. corporations. Yes. Yeah, this is a national... Yes, yes. It, it, yeah. Government... Gov that's my understanding. This is a federal government function. Yes. This rail yes. system. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, there is no bailout. Right. So they would infuse <laughs> cash, forgive debt, trade stock, all that stuff to keep it from failing. In 1978, the National Canadian National Railway was recapitalized and restructured and better just kind of internal infrastructure actually really helped. And the company started to get its head above water. It even paid back a lot of the Canadian government debt and everything else in dividends. They, so they had sunk a whole bunch of like billions into this, right? So it wasn't a huge, it wasn't like an equal return on investment, but they ended up paying hundreds of millions back in dividends. So it's something, right? Sure. It's starting to, the tide's starting to turn. Unfortunately, it was starting to turn in 1978. And what happens in America, in the US in 1980-ish? I, I, I thought we weren't going to get America-centric. Well, so. Would that be the uh, election of one president? <sighs> Ronald Joseph Reagan. I don't know if that's his middle name. I don't remember. It just it just sounds like it should be. Ronald Milhouse. Reagan. I like I like Ronald Joseph Reagan. That's Ronald very Joseph. that's very Ronald Q Reagan. That's very American. <laughs> it is, but that, though it sounds a little Catholic. A little bit. Pretty sure Reagan was uh -uh. Catholic. Um, he grew up in the Midwest. I know. I know that. So in 1980, the U.S. actually, so it started at the tail end of the Carter administration, the deregulation. Oh yes, he Tied. yes, yeah. Carter has a hand in that too. Yeah, he and does. that and that obviously like just went fucking whole hog with Reagan. But the U.S. specifically began deregulating the rail industry in 1980, um, 
and Canada soon followed with the National Transportation Act of 1987 that partially deregulated the rail system. Partially. Yeah. As the regulatory framework previously enacted continued to crumble throughout the continent, by 1992, plans were in the works to privatize Canadian National Railway, a process that was completed in 1995. So the National really? Rail System went completely private. Okay, I know none of this. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 interesting. The following year, 1996. I'm not surprised by any of this. Right. But in July of 96, the Canadian Transportation Act went into effect, which finished with the 1987 Act it started. started. Now rail companies that was, that was were death blow. Yep, rail companies were offered a lot more leeway in their financial decisions, including trimming the fat to become more profitable. I.e. Bye-bye, consumer protection. Wait, what? I'm... Consumer, consumer protection? Hmm. You heard of that? No. Because when I think of deregulation, mm -hmm. what I want to scream from the fucking rooftops, from the biggest megahorn that I could possibly fucking scream it from, just so everybody on mm -hmm. Earth and in other planets could hear it, <laughs> If they could get rid of fire alarms, they fucking would. They would. You know how Except much you know, for the companies you know, that make the fire alarms. <laughs> correct. Actually, you know what? Good point. Good point. That'd be that'd be yeah, that'd da, be where da. the that'd be where the lawsuit comes in. That's that was a good dissonance. That was a good counterpunch right there. Yes, you are correct. But so Nest would have a vested interest. <laughs> yes, but in the spirit of the. Right. Uh, uh, dehumanization of yeah. people. Yeah. Which is what a corporation exists for. Yes, correct. That's what capitalism um, exists, exists for. for. Yes. Um, they would fucking do that. You know how expensive Absolutely. it is to set all of that up? And fire extinguishers and... Do you know that anything? you have to pay? And this is something I learned when I was at the one company I worked at. Uh-huh. You can pay if you're a certain size company uh -huh. because you have the money. Uh-huh. Extra money mm -hmm. to the fire department. Mm -hmm. Extra money to the mm -hmm. uh, power authority. Yep. Extra money to these different places to be like, we get first priority. Which, by the way... In case of a fire or something. By the way, mm -hmm. more often than not, will be a necessity. You know what I mean? Because oh, it's if the, a huge place. Yeah, because if I, the I plant gotcha. goes up, like yeah. there's... So, yes. really, it may almost be unnecessary because the fire department may prioritize that, too. Anyway. Yeah, which is kind of dumb, but yeah. But that's something I learned at a company I work at, and I'm like, well, it Fuck makes... Fuck the plebs. Well, no, it, it was like, it was like that, it was like that, that balancing act of, well, it makes me feel safer because I work here. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know? That's true. So this all, all resulted in its inevitable conclusion in 1999 when the then liberal government amended the Railway Safety Act, which completely terminated the Canadian government's oversight of safety in the rail system in something they call the safety management system, which was completely oh, yeah. up to the companies themselves. Oh, they're going to manage safety all right. Mm -hmm. Poorly. Horribly poorly. Yeah, at a profit. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. You don't mm -hmm. really want somebody managing safety at a profit, mm -hmm. now do you? Not at all. The nonprofit organization, the Canada Safety Council. <laughs> oh, and the, the next thing you say is a nonprofit, right? right? But uh, unrelated. Right. The Canada Safety <laughs> Council, or CSC, stated that they believed the new regime, so this whole like 
oh, it's up to the, we have nothing to do with the safety regulation of rail system anymore. They said they believe the new regime, quote, allows rail companies to regulate themselves, removing the federal government's ability to protect Canadians and their environment and allowing the industry to hide critical safety information from the public, end quote. This is all like Mm -hmm. firsthand, I've never heard of any of this Mm -hmm. before. They were concerned of an impending disaster resulting from such deregulation. Though at the time, what they were envisioning was maybe like having to evacuate a city or something. Oh my goodness. What is going on? Did they eat? They did. What is going on? Oh, bathroom maybe. He might. He might need the litter box. Or he may just think that I dropped ketchup chips. I was eating just ketchup. Just watch out when you're rocking. Yep. Nutrius. <laughs> I was eating ketchup chips. It's very Hey, we've got we just got a good cry on the mic. We, we did. Need, we need to save that. Oh, we're keeping this all in. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I'm too lazy to edit it out. <laughs> all right, Demetrius. There's no more crumbs. Now you're going to cry to get out. Thank you. Well, at least we'll for a little bit anyway. There it goes. <laughs> there it goes. So their in their vision of like what this deregulation could lead to is like uh, Quick, we uh, gotta get everybody out of this city instead of, no, we're gonna kill see. everybody in this let's city. See. Let's see, their vision came true. Well, worse. Yeah. Unfortunately, they were actually thinking something much less worse. <laughs> That's not a word. Much better. <laughs> Watch out again. So, yeah. There were plenty of signs that something like this was possible, that like having to evacuate or something. The CSC released a report in 2007, <coughs> so this is uh, 10-ish years, like a... It was 96 that they fully deregulated, so 11 years after, about safety concerns. So in 2005, there were 103 derailments for just Canadian National alone. A pretty clear failure of the so-called safety management systems. These incidents included a derailment near Lake Wabaman in Alberta, which resulted in 196,000 liters or over 51,000 gallons of oil and wood preservatives being dumped into Lake Wabaman, a bit west of Edmonton. They were eventually... I I wonder if anybody depended on that lake for anything. (sighs) Only indigenous people, don't worry. Oh. Well, that makes it okay. okay. Mm. Hashtag... Sarcasm, just in case anybody didn't know. They were eventually fined $1.4 million, which is nothing, for the environmental impact, but there were no safety issues raised at all. Two days after this Lake Wabaman incident, another Canadian national derailment over the Chicamas River in British Columbia resulted in 40,000 liters or over 10,000 gallons of caustic soda to be dumped into the river. Can you imagine just to put this in perspective Mm -hmm. can you imagine being like the eighth generation of of anybody right living in one place Mm -hmm. all these generations Mm -hmm. white black brown whatever right what have you Mm -hmm. you have this lake Mm -hmm. it is literally your life force it's where you get your food uh it's where you get your water Yep, your transportation. It's where you transport goods. Mm-hmm. It, it's your trade. It's it's mm-hmm. your everything. Mm-hmm. Life has been... And your... Or water has been pivotal to human life since the beginning of time. And your entire goal mm-hmm. is to keep that 
protective, harmony, and healthy. Yeah. And balance. Mm-hmm. I depend on you for certain things. You depend on me for certain mm-hmm. things. You know, sometimes there's too many fish that are eating other fish mm-hmm. and we need, I need you to... Thin it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you need me to get to the other side. Mm-hmm. You come up with a, a vessel to make that mm-hmm. happen and mm-hmm. I'll make it happen for mm-hmm. you. So can you imagine, like, depending on this yeah. resource and some fucking asshole... Yeah. Comes in and literally destroys it. Yes. Overnight. Fuck, I just did it again. Destroys it mm-hmm. entirely. Mm-hmm. Beyond the point of repair. Yeah. Because we've already done the oh, episode yeah. of... Uh, Exxon Valdez. Yes. Yeah. That area of Earth has never recovered. Yeah. It has never never recovered in the sense of it never got back to the level it was before. Right. Mm-hmm. Never made a full recovery. Mm-hmm. So just keep that perspective in yeah, mind when shit like this happens. And these were the canaries in the proverbial coal mine because these are horrific environmental disasters. Yeah. Nobody's died in terms of Yet. like exact direct impact. Yeah. Yet. Exactly. But they could see the writing on the wall and the CSC saw the writing on the wall. So... Up until 2013 with Lac Megantic, there were relatively few deaths involved, um, except for, and, and I say few because there were two rail uh, or train crew members who were killed in an 06 derailment. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it was zero. Casualties. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like zero that's human two, lives were lost. That's two people's families that will... Right? Yeah. So it, it's... Obviously, the red flags were there and being raised by safety advocates, but the rail companies were like <coughs> just extremely dismissive for obvious reasons. So, us? In 2007, Cliff McKay of the Railway Association of Canada acknowledged the multiple 2005 incidents, but was like, this was all, these were all outliers. It was like weather and labor disputes and shit. And it's like, oh my God. Wait, what, wait, did, did somebody defend this behavior because of a labor dispute? Well, they no, they said, oh, it was caused by a labor dispute. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's what I was trying to say. Oh, gotcha. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I've never heard that before. I know. And I'm sure this was the last time mm-hmm. that that was ever... You know, people just don't want to work anymore. No. That's really that's the right. problem. I forgot about that. You know? I forgot that everybody's lazy. <sighs> like... Or, I'm sorry, not everybody. 47% of Americans are lazy. That's right. I forgot that's about right. that. That's right. And also they So should... that makes it they're suffering okay. Also, minimum wage is fine, and nobody mm. at McDonald's deserves more no. than that. I mean... Well, they're, they're immoral. So well, yeah. So we don't have to care anymore. Duh. I really hope everybody understands that was all complete sarcasm. I think they because, do. I think okay, our audience I does. hope so. If this is your first time, this is how we get down sometimes. <sighs> because a this lot is, of sarcasm. Because this is our 250... 255th episode. <laughs> Pretty much every single one of them deals with the negative effects it's, of capitalism. It is a rare episode. Where, where capitalism just, is not involved. Yes. Just a little freak accident. I think we've done one of them. Or two. <laughs> we always we always remark on them, you know, when they do happen. Yes. Oh, it just happened. It's it's so few. I, I mean it's just it's it, you know, just like, you know, does a bear shit in the woods. Right. Yes. Does Capitalism kill, yes. Does capitalism wreck things sometimes? Oh, most of the time. But 
the narrative would make you believe otherwise. Yeah, that's right. No, it was a, it was, it was, right. a, it was a labor dispute. These mm-hmm. greedy mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. workers. Mm-hmm. Who want to do shit like feed their babies? They don't just have fucking formula. And have, and have, fucking breastfeed. And What's your have problem? fucking medical care. I can just go get another one. You're not entitled to medical care. Nobody's yeah. entitled. It's not like it's a human right to have shelter and food. No. fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. But you have to have a baby, just saying. Just, a, just yeah. Just saying. You, you must, right? Well, you need the next generation of uh, laborers. Duh. Yeah. Get with the fucking program, people. <laughs> Come on. Like. The... <laughs> so here's what this douchebag, Cliff McKay, said. He said, quote, if you look at the numbers overall, the numbers have been progressively improving, end quote. Uh, and as for Canadian National... They outright denied there were any problems. They said the report the CSC released had been, quote, faulty, end quote, and, quote, biased, end quote, and that CSC, quote, didn't do their homework, end quote, even though they had literal statistics. <laughs> but all you have to do is, <coughs> is put that out in the press. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's basically what they did. Yeah. And nobody's going to really... I mean, and that's, I'm not blaming anybody. That's like a natural, like I saw this headline mm-hmm. and that must be how it is. Well, the, you that's know a, what? The CTV uh, article that they, that I saw, they were measured, but it also, they gave more time to the CSC than they did to any of the responses. So it was pretty. Like the best example we have of that, mm-hmm. to get back to the United States, because we have to. <laughs> but the best example we have of that only mm-hmm. happened recently when Bernie Sanders, when he was run, ran in 2016, mm-hmm. not in 2020, because mm-hmm. the plan was basically very similar mm-hmm. but in 2016 like they did the math for mm-hmm. medicare for all and mm-hmm. proposed the math right and all the other person had to do was say they didn't do the math <laughs> yeah but that gets the headline that was the headline yeah and they're they're sitting there like 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 no we did it here, like it's here like it's, do you, are you are you any, unable to see because that we can fry braille or whatever you need fry yeah fry what is that? Ferris Bueller's Day oh. Off. <laughs> oh, I was like, saying Bueller, any, like, like, Bueller. Is, yeah, it's like, is, any, is anybody listening? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, that's what Bernie Sanders' campaign was mm-hmm. like. Like, it's right here. Like, we did it. I'm sorry, is anybody listening or There's, caring or it, it's perceiving? Like, <laughs> it's like it's like math, math mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. and shit. Like, only ten people will understand it, but those ten people will be like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> So the CSC called for the Canadian government to conduct their own investigation. Like, hey, look, we're raising these concerns. You need to look into them. And the CSC's ultimate goal was, yes, we think that the Canadian government needs to get reinvolved in regulation of rail safety. Obviously, the private sector is not doing their job, which, shocker. (laughs) But in reality, they are doing their job. Well, they're doing their job. They're They're maximizing their profit. That's correct. That's correct. Legally, um, <coughs> yes, speaking, yes. doing yeah. their job. So from what I can tell, they didn't, like, the government kind of didn't do shit. And that, at least not soon enough for the residents of Lac-Megantic, so. So in this, like, just destroyed regulatory environment, multiple unprofitable branch lines of rail systems were sold off mostly to small American short-line railways operating under large private holding companies who are first and foremost interested in their bottom line. The railway that annihilated Lac-Megantic 
was a subsidiary of one of those conglomerates. And this is where the U.S., good old U.S. of A. gets back involved. So the Montreal, Maine, and Atlantic Railway Limited, or MMA, not of the mixed martial <laughs> arts variety, a different MMA. <laughs> not not of the, uh, <laughs> what the hell, Dana, not of the whites. Dana White is the owner of the UFC. Oh, gotcha. So, like, yeah, no, no, of, no, no, not that. Not one. of the whites. <laughs> it was a class two, which is like a mid-sized regional railroad that operated in Maine, Vermont, and Quebec. It was formed in 2002 with Rail World Inc. as the majority own- owner. So, it, Rail World, that's so hard to say. Rail, Rail World. It is. Just say it. Yeah. Real world? Real world. Yes. It feels weird, doesn't it? Well, it sounds like I should should be saying real world. Yeah, or, or real world. <laughs> Even when I said that, you were lip syncing what I was oh, saying. <laughs> and you're, do- and you're doing it right now. <laughs> real world. <laughs> that was so goddamn funny. <laughs> this is the real world. <laughs> anyway, real world... <laughs> Real world. Now it sounds like it's like a children's like a, <laughs> like playground. Real world. Come to real no, world. It sounds like I've got an accent. Real world. <laughs> anyway, they were the seventy two point eight percent owner of MMA. So real world was one of those American private holding companies founded by American CEO Edward Burkhart. And as the controlling shareholder, Burkhardt appointed himself chairman of the railway board no, no ins- way. and installed his cronies in positions of power. There's a shocker. You're I fucking, know. You're kidding. Who's ever heard of that? I'm it's stunned. It's unprecedented. I'm stunned. <laughs> the rail world. <laughs> <laughs> this this was literally, and that's probably what they called it, like in the fucking board, like, this is going to be our rail world. And this is yes. Gonna, this is how yes. we're going to fucking take it over. Burkhardt world is probably what yeah, he was thinking. Fuck yeah. So. When MMA encountered hard economic times due to the loss of major customers in the declining pulp and paper <laughs> industries, like this is the decline of industry, right? Especially in this region of, yes. of the world. Yes, that's correct. Burkhardt immediately set about making decisions that included cutting 40% of employee wages. Uh, they continued to lay off people in 06, 08, 2010, and at that point... They decided, you know what's a great idea? Here's how we're going to... Hey, guys. You know all the things we've been doing? It's, it's working out really... Here's the, here's the kicker. So here's here, here it is. You know how we can co- co- cut costs in half? How? You know how we have two engineers in every train? Well, just get one to do both jobs? Bam! Brilliant. Mind blown. Is anybody writing this down? Uh, well, yes. Let me let me take a note here. Um, you know what else we could do? Here's the thing. Remote controlled rail cars. Bam. Love it. One engineer, one Love remote it. control. Same Love as it. two people. See, when I came into the meeting, mm-hmm. and you had already written that on the chalkboard, mm-hmm. that's why I left it up. It's a whiteboard. I mean, come on. We're living in the 21st century. Well, that too. But I have a chalkboard in my mind, and that's uh-huh. where it, that's where it happened. Okay. We're shit at this. <laughs> the dollop is so good at this. We're terrible at this. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> not sure we're trying. We're not. Not very well. I hope we'll say that. So so they did. They cut. They, every train had two people. They cut it down to one. They're, this was their justification. Are you ready? You're not ready, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I'm not ready. They said it was safer. 
Huh? Just because, one... Yeah, because, quote, crew members wouldn't distract each other, end quote. There we go! And you know what that is? Uh, you know God. what? I'm actually, I was not expecting that. Mm. I'm being serious right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not being facetious. Mm-hmm. That's a damn fucking good excuse. You know why? Why? Because there's the tiniest, tiniest, it's tiniest one of those little kernel of, of truth. fucking truth in it. Do we, Not do, to a point that it actually makes it safer, though. Have we all been distracted by a coworker? Yes. No, it sounds like there's a kernel of truth in there. We'll that's say what, that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. But have we all been distracted yeah, yes. by a co- uh-huh. every single person that's worked any kind so of job anywhere? So it sounds anywhere. right. Correct. It's not right, but it sounds right. Correct. Or it could be right. It sounds it's, like it could be right. It is a rationalization and justification. And honestly, I mean, I'm I'm being serious. A yeah. damn good one. Because that's something that everybody can identify with. Well, I'll tell I'll and, give and you... And to yeah. 0.0001% kind of makes sense. Uh, but I will also give you a spoiler alert that in the case of Lacmagantic, not going to hold out. Oh, I'm... I fucking hope not. Well, what the bullshit is, is that they're cutting corners and calling it safer. Yeah. It's such bullshit. That's that's called this. This guy that's, can that's, burn that's, in hell. This Burkhart can burn in hell. That's called this millennium. Yeah, no, it's called this. I mean, it's, it's called, called humans. It's called forever, but it's been on yes. overcharge. Like, but seriously, I'm calling for the decades. death of Edward Burkhart. I'm, I'm good He's, with that. He apparently was born in 1938, so it's possible. In fact, I'm gonna get another Miller Lite just mm. to celebrate that. There we go. We should have gotten Labatt's for tonight. We should have, eh? I should have told you to get Labatt's. I would have had to go to the big grocery store, though. Oh, uh, they don't carry them at the well, no, store around no. the corner? Uh-uh. That's specialty stuff. Or sheets? Nope. No? Mm-mm. Man, we got to start distributing Labatt better. Maybe that'll be my next job. There we go. <laughs> you guys need a Raleigh guy? <laughs> Hey, Labatt, feel free to sponsor us. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, we will not turn it down. No, we would. I, I'm not taking on a sponsor. I would not. You would not turn it down? Uh, not Labatt Blue, no. Oh, my goodness. That, that's such an interesting hypothetical that we'll never have to worry I know. about. But. Yes. It's, yeah, it's never going to happen anyway, but knowing myself, I'd be like, sure. I'll take that 12-pack a week. <laughs> Uh, okay, if the idea of having a single person in charge... Speaking of capitalism at all. (laughs) Yes. If the idea of having a single person in charge of an entire train in the name of safety seems insane, that's because it is. One engineer, Jared Briggs, quit instead of giving in to this ludicrous idea. He told the Bangor News uh, Daily News, quote, So much could happen in a 12-hour shift on one of these trains, such as a washed-out truck, downed trees, or mechanical failure. What if the engineer on board were to encounter a medical problem? Who is going to know about it? If there is a fire engine or ambulance needing to get by a train or a crossing when that happens, it could take hours, end quote. So this guy's just like, this is just logistically unfeasible it's like it's like we're not taking we're not up here like taking like dick pics of each other no we're not like we're fucking <laughs> we're, we're working we're professional working <laughs> <Yes>. people <laughs> you know like we're doing a legit job well you occasionally look at a text message probably maybe yeah we're, we're talking exactly yeah you know but the 99 in, in percent their, of the time in their minds yeah they're like we've got to get this train 
from point A to point B as safely, safely. as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, this is a technical profession. This is not. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not like it's like it was in the newspaper this weekend and Steve got the job. Right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> it's, it's so. Like what the fuck. Unsurprisingly, these cost-cutting decisions resulted in an abysmal safety record. At the time, the average accident rate for rail lines in Canada was 14.6 per million miles traveled. MMA that, that, had a record That sounds pretty good. Well, MMA had yeah. a record of 36.1 <laughs> accidents <laughs> per million course. miles traveled. So for almost twice, tripled it. Almost tripled it. Eh, not Two quite and a half. almost. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. I just want to make it sound worse than it's it a, already it's is. A, it's a fair... It's more du- more <laughs> yeah. than double. Like it's, just, it's justified. <laughs> this resulted in at least eight warnings being issued by Transport Canada. That's like the the regulatory... Well, formerly regulatory body. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Metrius. So much easier uh, than when the fucking... Opening and closing uh, the door. Comforters over the door. Um, so Transport Canada, yeah, issued at least eight warnings between 2004 and 2012. Like, hey, you've got major violations. This is a big problem. Uh, they're, they're, but they never, a, they never sanctioned them. Yeah, it's so like they rolled on. We're noticing this thing, and it's called um, what's it, it's called a pattern <laughs> of, <laughs> of you fucking up <laughs> again and again. And 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 literally, there are people. God damn it. There are people <laughs> saying, "Should we do something about it?" Like that, like that. Yes. Like that question needs to be asked. Yes. Well, here's the thing. It's not should we do something about it. It's what are we going to here's do about it? Here's the thing about it. There is a private, uh, or a nonprofit, right? Raising the alarm. Now that's their job. Of course. So you get. But that they're some not people. They're not the enforcers. They're not. But then even the enforcers are, are not, like, shit, this isn't good. And they're warning them, yeah. but there's no teeth behind it. Exactly. So we're going to get into the very beginnings of what's going to happen when we delve into next week, okay? Because this, this, this is all fucking background shit. Can you imagine? I'm not sure. I'm not even sure if I want to do a part two, but I do. <laughs> because, well, you have to hear what happens. Yes. It's horrible. I'm, Just yeah. spoiler alert. This is the fun episode. We're going to have the shit episode That's next why week. I'm never going to listen to the perspectives of people on the ground, because in my mind, it's already horrible enough, and I, I don't need the reassurance that it's even more well, horrible. Well, see, in my mind, it's our responsibility to listen to the people who are there. You that's are correct. My, my you are, yes, so. you are correct. I, I have watched the... Uh, <laughs> Um, our very first episode, um... Station, the footage. You can see the Station Nightclub fire as it's happening. Yep, you sure can. On YouTube, and it's scary as you see a lot of people alive who are gonna be dead in, like, two minutes. And it's, it's, it is honestly one of the scariest things you'll ever see. But it happened, and... But you know what's wild to think of? For as much as we have footage of horrible things now, Mm -hmm. you know, right? Because of cell phones and stuff. Got plenty. There is that maybe a camera wasn't there, but that shit happened to people still. Yeah. Like even hundreds of years ago when there weren't cameras. Like, imagine that. That's that why, some, that's, somebody saw that. That's why journalism has always been important. Yeah. No. So, near the end of June 2013, an MMA train, it left Newtown, North Dakota. What, sir, is North Dakota known for these days? 
Uh, fracking. In terms of industry. Yeah. Yep. And what are they Which is kind of kind of dying down, but that's still happening, obviously. Oil, right? Yeah. These are the oil fields. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, these are the bracken fields. Um, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, it's in the northwestern part of the state, Newtown. Um, and it's one of North Dakota's oil boom towns. We watched a whole... Do you remember that yes, little documentary we did. I, thing I'm we pretty sure it was on Netflix. Yeah, and it, like the people who like traveled to North Dakota to do that. And here's the thing I remember the most from that documentary. Because mm-hmm. these were such high-paying technical jobs, yeah. the local Walmart... That's right. On their sign. I don't remember the dollar figure. It was like 18 or $19 an hour. It was something really high. It was multiple times the minimum yes. wage. Yeah. And uh-huh. and that stood out to me. It's because they have to compete now. Yes. Uh-huh. Like nobody's going to fucking work for $7 an hour. Right, because when you can When you can make 25 plus down the road. Yep. Risking your life. Oh, risking your life, and but in you're... some cases, like, remember people who were living in their cars and stuff because they couldn't afford the well, rent because the rent was yes. going? Like, it's its own yes. economy. Well, they had to save up for three or four mm-hmm. months because mm-hmm. we're talking, uh, I'm, because I looked into this shit. I did. Yeah. Yeah, when it first started happening in, like, 07, 08, yeah. 09, in that area. And some people who really needed to make money, like, traveled from multiple states. I was one it. of those yeah, people. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. you're looking at it, and... Like the base salary was like eighty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it and, was six figures was not unheard of. And I'm like pretty easy. And to get I to. six figures, I'm pretty sure was the median. Yeah, but uh-huh. like the base was like you were mm-hmm. guaranteed if you do this mm-hmm. for a year. Right. It's gonna be a fucking rough year. Right. But you're gonna make some bank. It was like the and gold rush. Yes. Except more guaranteed. You're gonna. Weirdly. You're going to work mm-hmm. six days a week. Yeah. 12 hours. I've looked into all there this were, shit. There were hard shit. 12 hours yeah. a day. Mm-hmm. You get that one day off. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you'll make, at that point in my life, the mm-hmm. probably the highest amount of money I ever made in a year was like $30,000. Mm-hmm. And that was... So like basically and that would, triple what you've ever made. Yeah. Yeah. At, at least. Pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. So, yeah, I fucking yeah. look, I looked into oh, it. Oh, I get it. I get why people did it. I get why it was something. Yeah. I get. I don't blame the people at no, all. No, 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 no. So, yeah, it, it, so Newtown was located on the Bakken Formation, so a huge spread of subsurface oil-producing rock beneath parts of North Dakota, Man- Montana. I almost said Manitoba. Montana, Saskatchewan, and, oh, and Manitoba. Okay, that's why I said that. Um, so that's like... Uh, um, Edmonton is also not part of the of this formation, but this part of like the continent has a lot of mm-hmm. that, you know. So in the northern, midwestern, mm-hmm. and now you have the tar sands out there and mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. And, oh God, what episode was that? Something we talked about one of them. I'm sure we I'm sure we, we brought talked it up about in, Edmonton a lot. I'm sure, we brought it up in more than one. Yeah. So. Um, uh, so, and that's where they got all that crude oil from. So therefore, given its origin, it's obvious the MMA train departing from Newtown was carrying crude oil, specifically seven... Unrefined oil. 7.7 million liters, over 2 million gallons of crude oil on 72 class 111 oil tankers. So 72 tankers on a train. Spoiler alert, every single one of these tankers... Is going to accelerate into what was the total amount of, of liters? Like they, they were carrying seven million liters. Okay, seven point seven million. <clears throat> I know what a kiloliter. 
I know what a 100 kiloliter tank looks like. Which would be... Way less than this. 100,000 liters. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then multiply that by many. <laughs> I cannot do the math. I know. I, I was I was trying to think of it, but here's... I'm just. I can picture an oil tanker. Of, speaking of perspective, mm -hmm. from my perspective, having worked in the jobs I've had, mm -hmm. I know what a 100 kiloliter tank looks mm -hmm. like. It's, multiply that just it's ad infinitum. fucking gigantic mm -hmm. it's huge mm -hmm. and i worked with six of them mm -hmm. and we had two separate 25 kiloliter tanks which mm -hmm. were also fucking huge yeah, sure but they were in, in one of them was right next to the other mm -hmm. and you could like and then just add them up multiple 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 times so i know what that looks like i yeah. visually can yes, uh -huh. understand what uh -huh. that looks like yep. and what goes into that Mm -hmm. And the amount of the process just to get it onto the train. Like, I understand all I that. I know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And uh -huh. I can't even put this into perspective. I know. I, know. I can't imagine this amount. Like, it's... It's, like, fucking almost otherworldly. It's I like know. It's like I'm, that can't I'm happen. I'm terrible with those, like, amounts, too. Yeah, I can't imagine looking at, <sighs> like... What would a thousand of those hundred kiloliter tanks or whatever the fuck? Like I, mm -hmm. no. And it was headed from North Dakota to the east coast of Canada, so it was headed to Saint John, New Brunswick, with which okay. I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So that's just north of Maine, along the Bay of Fundy in the Atlantic Ocean, west of Nova Scotia. So Nova Scotia's got its little. Mm -hmm. mm, I'm doing a hand gesture. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> Look up Google Maps. You'll get it. Just, just Google. Just <laughs> over the next several days, the train made its way through Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago, and Detroit. Then it crossed into Canada via Windsor, Ontario. Sure. Yep. Right. Uh, that's uh, yeah, Michigan yep. border. Mm -hmm. And yeah. from there, it continued northeast to Toronto and Mon Montreal. So I have the map of the well, of where it was supposed to go and where it did go. So you can see how far sure. it was going. I mean, it's going over almost the and entire I'm, coast. And I'm sure that's a normal line, too. I'm sure yes, that, that yes happens. Yes, it is. Yes, that's it a, is. That's uh -huh. a route that happens and all the time. And there are various legs, right? It's yeah. not like it's going uninterrupted. It's not doing it all at once. No. And yeah. crew changes are happening because mm -hmm. this is multiple days. People yeah. aren't working days on end. You know, these are shifts. And they're stopping in different places. So it pulled out of Montreal on July 5th, 2013, and was handed off to MMA crew in Farnham, Quebec. Quebec, a little southeast of Montreal. So it, it stopped in Farnham, switched off crew, and continued on. The train had five diesel engines and a car outfitted with Locatrol, which is the remote control train mm -hmm. system. It's a specifically a train system by GE, and that's what facilitated their one-person crew idea. Can you imagine being the one person in charge of fucking no. seventy? No, no, God, I'm with you. Because, because since we've talked about like the like this amount of crude oil, now you're in charge of it all. Well, yeah, that's exactly that's what I'm thinking of. Like, what if somebody just There's left? There's no fucking. Passengers. What if somebody just left me alone at the plant one night? Right? Just one night <laughs> with six hundred kiloliter tanks. Like I would shit my pants. <laughs> like I would. I would. And just... you didn't even have to get it anywhere. Yeah, this person has to. No, no, it. I would. No, it's it's you had to oh, get it somewhere. Oh, you mean like continuing yeah. the it process? It had to move. I it gotcha. had to move. I from, gotcha. Yeah, you mm -hmm. can't shut that down all of a sudden. I gotcha. But I probably would just leave. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, Bye. I'd be like, I, you know what? Like this, this is not for me anymore. No, I, 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 I wipe my hands. <laughs> there are some some jobs it's okay to do alone, and most jobs it's not okay to do alone. And this is one. It's there is not, not okay a manufacturing job, which is what That's, this is. It is. It is a well transportation to manufacturing. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. that is not a job you can do by yourself. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It, it's, it's just not. What they're putting on the shoulders of one person is beyond unfair. It's unconscionable. Well, it's 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 an impossible task. Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, you, you can't, you know. And it's going to get so bad for this person, too. Just spoiler mm. alert. It's going to get so bad for them. Jeez, I wonder, and are, it's horrific. Are you, are you foreshadowing that he gets all the blame? That Am I foreshadowing that, that, never that the fucking company puts all the blame on him? Could that be? So the train was to all, these continue. Are all, these are all new things. Heading east towards the U.S. border, where there would be another crew change on the way to its final destination at an oil refinery in St. John. In the cab of the train on July 5th was 53-year-old engineer Tom Harding Jr., himself a resident of Farnham. Uh, the, which, as I mentioned, that's where the tur- uh, the handover took place. Another little rail town in Quebec. His late father, Tom Sr., had been a Canadian Pacific Railroad engineer for 42 years. Runs, Tom, in, the, runs in the family. Yep, Tom Jr., turned 18, joined Canadian Pacific I wonder what himself. he did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's just like a shot. Just like his dad. Yep. So he had already been in 24. Five years? No, I'm 35 years. years? Oh my 30. God. Yes, 35 yes. years at 53 years old. I hate math. Because <laughs> I'm, um, I'm not too fucking far away from 53. That's right. <laughs> so Tom Jr. would be the lone man driving the next leg towards St. John. It was a 200 kilometer or 125 mile route. Just a typical run he'd been doing for the past couple of years. That's the thing, Not too. Not a big deal. Like, pretty normal. You know your ins and outs. I yeah, mean, he, especially, knew his, as, he knew his gig. Especially on water, you want a consistent person doing a consistent route. Because they know the route. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. It's not a fucking. Experience. It's not a fucking highway. Right. Mm-hmm. There are shoals. There are mm-hmm. markers. There are all this kinds of. This isn't a of... long wa- water necessarily. This is rail. But uh, no, I understand. But what I'm saying is, like, mm-hmm. you you want like that person to be consistently doing. Oh yes. Oh, of course. Of course. When you're talking yeah. about mass transportation, yes, the same route. I, I, yes, and I agree with that. Yeah. Because you know? yep, yep, even yep. on a rail, yeah, mm-hmm. I was thinking ships. That's okay. That's but uh, okay. but even on a rail, there are change offs. There there's yep. this, there's mm-hmm. that. Especially mm-hmm. carrying this much cargo. Yes. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he was going like 125 miles from his home, his town to Lac-Megantic. He did this like all the time for two years. He, basically, Lac-Megantic became like his second home because sure. he would because he, he would, would stop there. He would he would yeah. stop there and he'd stay overnight. You of can't course. like get back in that. And time. it's a town full of six thousand people. Right. I, I grew up in a town of twelve thousand people and I know how small it feels. Right now, imagine half the number of people. Yeah. Everybody knows everybody. So locals described him as being like this is a kind that's of friendly the, guy. He's the guy. guy. Yeah, the, he's that guy. It's the train. Guy. Oh yeah, that's 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 Tom, uh, Tom. the train that's guy. Tom Junior. Yeah, we know him. And he's going. He's going to get his Timbits. Well, he would usually <laughs> from Tim Hortons <laughs> and catch up, and, probably and catch up potato chips. <laughs> and I think I think Tom's a um, uh, an all dress guy myself. Yeah, that might be. Or uh, what was the other flavor we got thrown at us? Oh, uh, uh, shoal chips or something. Soul chip? Was no, that it? it was like it was something. Smoke chip? No shoal. 
Like, mar- it was maritime. Oh, my God. I don't remember. It was earlier this evening. Anyway. That other chip. So, Tom would usually stay overnight at an old local hotel on the waterfront called L'Auberge. Of course, um, on the waterfront. Fuck and yeah. And sometimes he'd just go downtown, have a beer with the locals. You know, shoot the shit. Watch the game, eh? Yeah. <laughs> they called him, quote, a serious guy who is very serious mm. about his work, end quote. So people had a, an impression of, like, this guy's, like, a professional. He does be, his job. I'd be saying this in French, but I can't speak French. <laughs> but he just showed up at the bar and be like, what did the Canadians do this year? Did they, did they not win the cup again? <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't say that because he would already know. They would already all know. He's not a rube. I just, I just had to get my jab in again. <laughs> I was I was around a lot of bikers this past weekend. So you had to go north. I had, I, had to, I had to practice my stab techniques you know, a couple of times. So, um, though known as being serious in general, he was also known for getting really chatty about his favorite topic, his son. Oh, no. A okay, recent prep sure. school grad. So, he's he had a... So how hilarious, how hilarious would it be if he was going to the same prep school? It or? wasn't. Oh, I yeah. looked at the name. Yeah, it that would have been funny. Yeah. Um, Tom was also the exception to the rule of negligence at MMA. Tom was respected by his coworkers and was a diligent, knowledgeable man who believed that your conscience should dictate your actions. Unfortunately for Tom and the people of his second home, Lac Megantic, diligence and conscience wouldn't prevent what happened next no, you, you, yeah. and that is the end of part one it's the end of anything fun in this we had a we get a week where it gets to be fun it's going to get so shitty next week here's something that I was uh, here's something I was thinking of the last mm-hmm. smoke break I, I took mm-hmm. um, and this is the, <coughs> this is the end of the episode like if you, you don't you can, if you don't you can tune out if uh, take yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna <laughs> to be the Great White North. It's, it's gonna a be, beauty place to go. It's gonna be well. It's gonna be the rest of this episode is gonna be banter. So gotcha. if you don't want to mm-hmm. tune in, that's, that's fine. Tune out. Love you. Mean it. But um, in regards to the relationship with the United States and Canada, mm-hmm. I grew up as a person very much affected by that. Well, because you were literally on the border. Yes. <laughs> yes. Every border, but you don't yeah. realize that yeah. when you're growing up. It doesn't you know seem what I mean? unusual. Yeah. No, because uh-huh. it's, that's just how you were raised, yeah. and the things are the way that things. Mm-hmm. You're not fucking introspective when you're no. 18. No. <laughs> and if you are, then you go on to do violent things like build a Tesla plant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what this episode like? my personal feelings about this mm-hmm. whole thing, not this incident in particular. Yeah. The the mm-hmm. overall fuckery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the relationship that we have with Canada. Yeah. Um I mean couldn't be highlighted any greater in yeah. this in this episode. Yeah. And what it made me think of, and I hadn't thought about this in a while, and I I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It made me think of um and now it is very much the case, like right after nine eleven Almost immediately, they wanted mm-hmm. to pass a law where you needed a passport uh-huh. to go back and forth between Canada and the United States. Uh-huh. That had that's since come to fruition. It didn't happen yeah, instantly. Yeah, that's right. Though. It took it took a it took while. about mm-hmm. it took about 10, uh, 10 11, 12 years, years, something like that. that. Yeah. It didn't happen immediately. No, it didn't. Mm-hmm. But it was something that was on the table immediately. Mm-hmm. And what it made me feel like, and I hadn't again, I had not thought about this mm-hmm. feeling in a long time, was. Um, it's like a violation of mm-hmm. our mutual respect huh. towards uh-huh. each other. Uh-huh. It's like, you know, 
I understand, like, I understand making the case for that. I mm-hmm. do. There's something mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. said for that. It's mm-hmm. not like it's a baseless... It's a different country. It's not our right. country. It's yeah. not a baseless mm-hmm. thing to want. Right. Mm-hmm. But the way it was proposed and the way yeah. they were trying to sell it mm-hmm. was entirely and completely baseless. Yes. They uh-huh. were trying to make it seem like terrorists are coming through right. Canada all, all day, every day, and it's a fucking free-for-all. Right. And, like, having grown up there... Mm-hmm. You know, on that border mm-hmm. where we had a, an actual border crossing right. five mm-hmm. miles from where mm-hmm. my fucking house was. Mm-hmm. You know, it made me, it was just like, you know, to me, it's just like, it's a violation of that. Yeah. Trust, offensive. Trust yeah. that we have for it. Like, uh-huh. it's like, we know that we fucking depend on each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know that. You don't know that mm-hmm. because you don't mm-hmm. live here. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even that has been um, recognized at post yeah. needing a passport because doesn't the state of New York and I'm sure other states near the border have an enhanced driver's license? Yeah, where you don't need the right. actual passport. You can just use your license. Yeah, and they know. Over. It's like you yeah. grew up on the border. Of course you're fucking going in you're between. You're a resident of this area. We yeah. get it. It's yeah. like you're you're essentially like where I grew up. You're essentially a dual citizen, and More that that goes for that goes for Canadians coming into America right. as well. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So there's that mutual, like, we look out after each other. Right. Because we depend on each other. Mm-hmm. And you think that we can't get the job done on our own? Because right. we can. Mm-hmm. How many terrorists have come in through Canada? <laughs> yeah, right. Not a lot. I mean, it's happened. Very, very, very I'm seldom. we've exported more than we've imported. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and, and during, I mean, you remember when uh, it was about to become the year 2000, there were all these terrorism... Like a, and shit like mm-hmm. that, and but two different factions tried to get through to America through the Canadian border. Uh-huh. Guess what happened to both of them? They get stopped. They both got caught. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and it yeah. and it's like and it's just like like I kind of remember thinking of that time and being like that's really offensive. Yeah, that I can understand that that you think of us this way that we can't mm-hmm. handle our own shit. Mm-hmm. Are we going to need help from time to time? Mm-hmm. Sure, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. And again, I understand your argument, but mm-hmm. you're not seeing it from our perspective, and our perspective was never, ever represented. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's, yeah. the, that's the shitty thing. Yeah. So huh. that's, my, that's my rant about yeah, no, that's the relationship that's between yeah. that millions of people have. Mm-hmm. You know, on well, the, because, on the, all, like, a huge percentage of Canada's population lives within... 90%. Within, like... Like, 100 miles of the, uh, the U.S. US border. border, yeah. So yeah, because that's basically a, where it's habitable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Yeah. Like, we know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a... Mm-hmm. Like you said, like we were talking about, there mm-hmm. is a constant interlinking between our two... That yep. will never go... It can't go yep. away. Mm-hmm. Like, we did, we depend on each other for too much. You know? What I find really shitty about that is what we've done to influence yeah. Canada. Because we aren't doing good shit to influence Canada. No. We're doing really shitty shit and to influence Canada. The reason we can do that is because we know that they have to go along. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have to. What are they going to do? Like, say no to the United States? Well, we're like, like it's, what, uh, ten times larger than them population-wise or something? Yeah. So, yeah, there's it's thir- bullshit. There's uh, 35 million Canadians. There's 350 million Americans. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they have to go along. So that's so they're constantly caught in this bind. We're the fucking bully. Well, yeah. I mean, well, that's, we're the world's bully. We know that. But... And, uh, and this and like this was... Like, this whole episode so far has just been a manifestation of, like... Mm-hmm. You know what globalization, mm-hmm. you know global geopolitics, and mm-hmm. because this isn't affecting just these two countries, it's no. just it's just happening 
between... It's it's a strong illustration yeah. of what deregulation does anywhere, mm-hmm. let alone... If you let it get too far. Yes. Now, are there, are there laws that were passed in 1933, like you couldn't have... Um, a handkerchief you, in your left You pocket. couldn't have a television next to the sink. Right. There are dumb, like, ancient laws. So are there, are there things like that to get rid of? But sure. nobody cares, nobody enforces it, and yeah. nobody is talking about those no, laws. It, 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 has, so it doesn't yeah. even matter. It doesn't yeah, it's not relevant anything. to our modern-day lives. What is relevant? Rev- <laughs> what is relevant to our modern day lives are uh-huh. fire alarms, crash bars, fire extinguishers, or beyond that, yeah. just telling a company, um, no, you can't just have one person in a rail car because what you're gonna do is put fucking Tom Harding Jr. Harding? Did I get his name? I, mm. I hold on, I, I believe get Tom his Harding name right. is an actor. Tom Harding Jr. Oh, is that? Oh. Tom Hardy is here. Hardy, <laughs> right, correct. I was like, that's not correct. That's why it sounded weird. Yes. Okay. Tom Harding Jr., a good, normal, hardworking, longtime rail guy, you're going to put him in a situation where he's going to hate himself for the rest of his life. I'll bet you anything he hates himself for the rest of his life and, through no fault of his own. And you know what? That's going to be the best thing that happens to him because the legalization and all the other shit hasn't come yet. Yeah, it's going to. No, I'm saying they already put him in a shit situation. Uh huh. But now that he's in said shit situation, they're uh-huh. going to blame him double time. Oh, when right. It was, like when he's it was in their... the best situation now. Oh, I yes. know. I know. It's only going like it's, it's only going to get worse from here. Don't worry, it gets worse. Don't worry, it gets worse with this guy. Ugh. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's like sometimes like the initial tragedy itself. Of course, it's really tragic. Of course. But there's been several episodes that we've the done where worse. the aftermath is fucking... You can't believe it's worse, but it somehow it becomes that or way. Or just as bad in a different way. Sure. That works, too. I mean, it's... So tune in next week. <laughs> It'll be great. Don't worry. It gets worse. It'll be awesome. And Happy a... Memorial Day, it will be. End of rant. And, uh... Yes, Memorial Day over here. Yes, it, it will be next, next episode. Yep. Um, we do also have a Fourth of July episode that's going to come out, and we're going to have to correct think of what to do on that. And I want to do we, something because we will be out of town. Well, and I want to do July. something that's either a strong indictment on the United States or has nothing to do with the United States because I'm not loving the United I'm, States. <laughs> I might have a special episode in mind just for that one. That's excellent. I'm glad to hear that. S- seeing as how Fourth of July, t- you know, is. Mm-hmm. The, the overall message is freedom. That's what we're so. celebrating. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, this would, I think this is going to be like our most polarizing episode maybe ever. It's going to be like way too much banner. I love the banter. Way too much history. I love the history. <laughs> no. Oh, you're too lefty. Like no one. No, at this, this is point... not, this isn't lefty. This is. This objectionable. Has be- this has become a leftist issue, which is bonkers. Objective. I'm sorry. I got you. I'm, yeah, I'm... Let's poor. wrap it up. Yeah. We've been going... Look how far... Look how long we've been going. Too long. I need you to pronounce that word for me again. Which... Megantic? Yes. Black Megantic. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I... Yeah. That's okay. That was the Lack Megantic Rail Disaster Part 1, Let It Ride... This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We will see you next week.
for more capitalism. <laughs> Fuck capitalism.